Hey, everybody. Dave Debo here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, we've got a special expert guest on the call, Melanie Robinson. Melanie is a very experienced real estate entrepreneur. Memory serves me correctly. She's been hot and heavy into the real estate investing since, I think, 2015. She's done some amazing things, single-family homes, multifamily properties, flips, burrs, short-term rentals, kind of you name it. Melanie's been involved with it. She's built up a significant portfolio of somewhere around 90 rental units at this point that she's done with some partners and all using other people's money. And what I'm really excited to talk with Melanie about is not just the how-tos of real estate investing. You guys know I've, I've done a gazillion shows about that sort of thing, but it's it's the mindset side of things because I don't know about you, but I tend to be my biggest obstacle. You know, this thing between my ears, that's what gets in the way most for me. I don't know if that's the case for you, but Melanie's going to help us kind of sort this out. So Melanie, welcome to the call. Great to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. I'm super excited to be here and serve your community in whatever way, whatever way I can. Well, you know what, Melanie, we've we've known each other for quite some time. I've seen your friendly, smiling face across the Zoom land on multiple different things. And I know that you are really, really involved with Corey and Tiffany Young, who I know quite well as well. So yeah, it's it's great to chat with you like this. And and also, you come from a background outside of real estate that's that's all about really helping people and, and getting people to the next level. So tell us a little bit about what did life look like before you got into real estate? What got you into real estate investing? And what have you kind of, not just the the real estate side of things, but what have you learned about yourself throughout that process? Okay, well, that's a big question. So it let's is. See I just real I just realized that's like six <laughs> questions. All that's okay. I'll do my best, but yeah. you can you can rein me. I'll in. try to remember all of them. But yeah. I'll, <laughs> what did you ask me? So prior to being a real estate investor, we have a family business. My mom is a master trainer of NLP, neuro linguistic programming. Wow. So, so did she get you? To, did she get you to do all the stuff you didn't really want to do as a kid? Yeah, you, you know what? Lucky, lucky for me, she got trained in it when I was a teenager, so I wasn't open to it then. And then, <laughs> but I actually did get certified as a practitioner, like the first level, when I was think twenty one or something. So it's been a big part of my life. You know, when I wasn't using it in business, when I was just sort of a foundation of who I am. Yeah. But I joined the family business in about two thousand. And worked with my mom. We did corporate training, coaching, consulting, leadership training. Like we would go into engineering firms and different corporations and work with all their different levels of management. We also had a personal development side of our business that would help people on the personal side so mm-hmm. that they could go ahead and thrive in their, you know, in their business. Cause we are, you know, wherever we go, there we are. We kind of can't escape ourselves. So I've, uh, yeah, I found that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> like how you show up one place is likely how you show up in most places. And so doing the work, you know, obviously I'm a bit biased, but I see the value in that. So I joined the family business, did that alongside my mom for years. In 2017, I think it was, I left the family business and dove into real estate investing full time. Wow. So Here's- by that time, had your had your real estate business got to the point where it, it no. could support you or okay. You had no. To figure things out quickly. Yeah. no, we just, we just made the leap. It was one of those things where, where truth be told, my mom and I had a contract with an engineering firm that had been, I think three years in a row and had been enough work that we didn't need other things. 
and then they got bought out by an Australian company. And on, you know, the, the big story on Christmas Eve, the, the company tells us our next year is not moving forward. And so we went from having a completely full calendar um, to having literally not a thing on our books. And so we've been contemplating. So you asked me how I got into real estate investing. Yeah. This was all my husband. I had zero interest in it, like zero, just full transparency, none. And uh, he had taken me to an acre, a rain acre event. And yeah. so I kind of, I, you know, I, I just went alongside him. He's super ha- incredibly talented in construction and building and all that kind of stuff. So, so fast forward, you know, this year opens up and all of a sudden it's blank. And Jason and I had been talking about getting more into real estate, taking it more seriously, but neither one of us had had the time to really do it. Uh, so it so, so what like had you this. done up until then, those first couple of years, what were you guys doing? The first couple of years we bought, we bought what, probably our best property, I would say a foreclosure up in, up in West Kelowna, spent nine months driving up every weekend, renovating it. And, you know, it's now it's a triplex overlooking the lake wow. by Mission Hill Winery. It's, it's beautiful. We just can't remember if we bought maybe a couple other things, but it was, you know, we just did a little bit, although going up every weekend was a lot, but yeah. yeah. Anyhow. So when I ended up having all of this time, it was one of those pivotal moments where it was like, maybe, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I meant to jump over into this full time and really see if we can make it happen. So I did. Yeah. Here's another truth. We did flips. We focused on flips at that time. The market was great for that. So we did nine flips in two years and just really hit it hard. Whereabouts in your in your area or yeah. in the Okanagan? In the lower or? mainland. Yeah. In the lower mainland. Yeah. yeah. So anywhere from Richmond out to Abbotsford and in between kind of thing. Here's the thing. I hated it. I hated it. If it was, and not just because it was flips, but what I realized was that I really am driven by making a difference in people's lives. That's kind of from a corny perspective, what I feel like I'm on this planet to do. Mm -hmm. And I'd done it my whole life. So when I left that and I dove into real estate and we started doing this and just getting into the grind, I felt completely unfulfilled. I felt like I was, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, I hadn't made an impact on this world. Very very transactional kind of a thing. It was. And for some people that's great, but for me, it, it just wasn't. So I actually had made the decision to leave real estate and got my resume professionally done and I was applying for training positions with corporations. I thought I'm going to go and get myself a real job because I'd really been self-employed since 2000 working with my mom, right? In our family business. And then my realtor came to me and said, I met this girl I think you'd like, and they're doing a boot camp thing. Why don't you, you know, why don't you sign up for it? And so, you know, that led me on the path. I, I also then got introduced to you, took your, you know, your workshop, ended up signing up for Ignited, Corey and Tiffany's mentorship program. And then when I realized that I could make a difference and not mindset wise, this was still real estate wise. When I realized that I could make a difference in other people's lives through investing in real estate, i.e., you know, helping people who, who had a passion for real estate, but didn't have the time or expertise to do it. And I could help them fulfill their dream with my expertise or joint venture partner type. Exactly. Joint venture. Like when I realized that I could do that, when I realized that when I'm raising capital, that I am helping somebody else's money grow, somebody who wants to be a passive investor and I'm helping them achieve what they want to achieve in life. Like Mm -hmm. when that light bulb went on and I realized that I could do that, 
it was like poor Jason, Jason got me into real estate investing and I left him in the wind. Like as soon as I realized I could do that, it was like, I just ran. I mean, I was so fired up and excited to be able to do it. Yeah. So that's how that all transpired in that I ended up getting invited to do what ended up being Mind Power Mondays in the Fearless Real Estate Investor community for mm-hmm. three years. I did wow. it every single Monday. And again, that was that was really my passion is helping people with their mindset. Well, yeah, why wouldn't I come into this community and share that? I didn't have any, I wasn't doing it. I didn't have a business or like, or anything that was, it just was my passion. It was like, I saw this huge gap in when people are investing in real estate, or especially when you're using other people's money and raising capital and doing all that. If you don't have the mindset, if you don't have the confidence and the belief in yourself and that is possible, all that stuff, well, then the content of the workshop kind of lands on deaf ears. You can't, move forward Mm -hmm. so so yeah so that's i think i answered your questions i I think so yeah so (laughs) with with your own personal real estate investing once you got fired up and you stopped doing the flips then what did you start doing it it sounds like you, you built up a significant portfolio quickly yeah and so here's something that i think it's really important for investors to hear as well I got completely fired up. I got so excited. I dove in and then it took me about a year to a year and a half to take real action. I know. So I needed to, I built relationships, built relationships, built relationships. I was trying to figure out where I was going to do this, how, with whom, what was this going to look like? I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. I spent a significant amount of time in the beginning wanting to do it in BC. I hadn't kind of opened my mind to the idea and how I could do it somewhere else. So I was really trying to make it work in BC. The numbers weren't working. Because that's what you knew. That's what you're accustomed to. That's everything that you've been doing so far, right? Yeah. It's all that I knew that was possible. So I fought really hard in the beginning to try to find things, deals that I would feel proud of, that I felt like I was really offering somebody something amazing wasn't having success in that. I mean, I was up in Ashcroft looking at, I was doing whatever I could to try to find places, right? Tough tough to make the numbers work in in this area right now. That's right. So I was analyzing things in BC, connecting with investors across the country, just hop. I literally just did a post that said, let's connect. And I thought maybe three people would want to Zoom. Well, you know, everybody was like, let's Zoom, let's Zoom. So I just started talking to people, connecting with people. At the end of the day, you know, after months, year, well, a year and a bit, I ended up landing on investing in New Brunswick. So I have business partners in New Brunswick. So for me, another piece was, and this is, everything is so personal. I think in real estate, you have to do what's aligned with you. You have to do what feels good for you. What's right for me isn't right for you. And so it's really knowing who you are and what's important to you. I knew myself well enough to know And many investors do it. And I think they're amazing for it, by the way. But I didn't feel comfortable using other people's money, being the working partner and not being there to touch, smell, check on the properties. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people do and they have faith in their team and their property manager. So it's nothing against, I'm not saying that's not a right way to do it. I'm saying for me, that didn't, it didn't resonate. It wasn't aligned. I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night. knowing You 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 wanted to have direct boots on the ground, so to speak. That had a vested interest that cared as much about the property's success as I did. And so I ended up forming a business partnership with a couple in New Brunswick. 
we share basically we we incorporated and so our corporation is the working partner in the jv structure Mm -hmm. and so they do everything property related because they're there i do everything partner related so i find you know i find our partners and i nurture those relationships it's just one of those beautiful things that that again is so possible it's what's beautiful about in real estate investing is that here they were sitting in a market where especially at that time the numbers were like insane they could have they could buy properties all day every day their deals were incredible but they didn't have the relationships they didn't want to do that they didn't they, they no didn't have the capital side of things light up yeah. at all and they didn't want to yeah and me here I was, I had all these relationships that I had created and I love people and I love making a difference and nurturing relationships and making sure people feel comfortable and all of that. But I didn't live in a place that had a product. So they had a product, no people. I had people, no product. We joined forces. And then once we did that, we got 80 doors in a year and a half. So what does that look like? What is, as far as your property mix, what kind of, what kind of deals are you doing? They are, so anything that was two, three, and four unit buildings, we did with JV Partners. Mm-hmm. And anything above that, we bought in our corp and I raised capital for it. And we're doing burrs and we're not done our burrs yet. So the goal is that we will pull off, pulled off all the perfect burrs and have no money left, like no money in any of the deals and own those properties. So the five pluses. So we have some fives, some sixes and a nine unit building. And then we have, you know, the two threes and fours with JV Partners. So we have 20 properties in total. And the the bigger properties, if you don't have JV partners, what what are you doing in those? I didn't quite understand how you're raising the capital for those ones. So we would, our corporation would get, well, some of them we didn't. Some of them I just raised the capital to buy. So Mm -hmm. basically I either raised the capital, we're going to do the burr, then we'll go and get commercial financing in our corporation and pay out the lenders. I see. So short-term type financing stuff. Yeah. That's right. I mean, but a year, year and a half financing. Um, and then some of them, we were able to get commercial financing right out of the gate. So we would get commercial financing for whatever loan to value the lenders would give us. And then I would raise the capital for the remaining balance plus renovations. Got it. And, and then, and, thing. Then, then we'll but, be- but the investors weren't coming on as owners in the property. No. So just out of curiosity, what were you securing them with? We were doing prom notes. Okay. All right. I mean, we have registered funds that we would secure in second position and things like that, but the rest of it would be in prom notes, which, which is again, where the relationships, the trust, the building, you know, the building credibility and, you know, that's all really super important. Yeah. Awesome, Melanie. So walk me through because you're a master of the relationship side of things. Obviously what works for you is not going to work for everybody. But what do you find works well for you for getting these relationships going, nurturing them, keeping in touch with people? What does that look like for for Melanie? Have you got it kind of set up as a formal system or is it more organic? That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there. This is Dave DeBow, and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture, and close their ideal money partners. Bottom line, when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no-cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's book a chat with Dave.com. It's way more organic. And I mean, yeah. I probably 
quote unquote should, even before this podcast, I saw, I mean, I know from taking your workshop and everything, you're very systemized. It's, it's incredible. I am not systemized in that way. I'm very much, it's definitely organic. I support people to the best of my ability and every challenges that they might have, whether it's to do with our property or not. I think the key for me personally is I really do care. And this just happens to be what I what I was born caring about. I haven't, I haven't had to work hard at it. I actually have to work probably the other way in, in not caring quite so much in not, you know, because there's only so much sort of time and energy that you can do. I care a lot. And so I truly just care about people, how they're feeling. If they're not comfortable with something, I wouldn't want them to do it. I would never pressure anybody into anything because I want them to be able to sleep at night. I mean, it just, it just comes very natural to me. Plus, you know, truthfully, the NLP model has a huge piece of it that is building rapport, communication skills, language, all of those skills, which I probably don't even recognize that I'm using because it's just been... It's just ingrained in your head now. Yeah, for sure. That's right. Interesting. No, that is fascinating. And, And hats off to you and your partners for scaling up so quickly. I think everybody's heard of New Brunswick now, so now it's getting a little bit, little bit more difficult to find those smoking, smoking hot deals, but it's still yeah. so much better than BC for sure. A hundred percent, yeah. So you've got you've got about ninety units across twenty properties. How many, more or less, how many investors or joint venture partners do you guys have all together between the ones that are active and the ones that? that uh, provided you with some short-term finance. Yeah, it's funny. I was just looking at that because I was issuing all of my T5s. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that gave me like a really good... So we have we have about 80 doors in New Brunswick and then we have some here in BC as well. So I'm kind of on the two different ends. Some of the stuff here in BC is on our own. We do have a few properties with JV partners here. And then the majority, the bulk you know, of our stuff is in New Brunswick. So I would say this is going to be a guesstimate, but I, I think I have about 15 JV partners and then I have about 25 private lenders, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Very, very cool. So Melanie, you've been in, you've been immersed in this whole mindset thing for a long time, right? <laughs> you got, yeah. you got to professionally grew up in that and you're yeah. surrounded that with your family. So at, working with real estate investors, what do you find is the, the, some of the main things that get in our way what are, what are the what are the main things you're helping people work through yeah really i mean the next level a big one is fear i feel like fear is one of the biggest challenges that investors face fear of failure fear that they're going to lose other people's money fear that people aren't going to want to invest with them fear you know fear 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 is a yeah. big huge challenge for people mm-hmm. so that's that's a big one confidence is another one beliefs like believing it's possible believing that you can do it, believing in yourself, all of, you know, beliefs is a huge piece of it too. A lot of things like overwhelm, you know, people are really overwhelmed with all of the things that they need to do in their life. They want to be successful in real estate, you know, but they feel overwhelmed between work, kids, all of the responsibilities. So helping people break that down Hmm. is something that I spend a lot of time doing as well. Yeah. So again, impossible to dive super deep into it in a very short conversation. Yeah. But when you are helping somebody work around fear, because I think that would be a huge one, can you provide the the listeners or the viewers with any tips on how you work with people and how, how you help them get out of their, that fear yeah. state? 
Yeah. And like you said, I mean, it's, it's challenging to cover it in a, in a short period of time, but let Mm -hmm. me say this. So the mind is incredibly powerful. We have dialogue going on inside of us all the time. We're saying things to ourselves and that creates how we feel. So super Cole's notes. It's like, we're constantly running a dialogue, saying things to ourselves. It causes our brain to release chemicals to our body. That makes us feel a certain way. And then we take action or don't based on how we're feeling about that. So, you know, that's kind of across the board, no matter what the challenge is, it's the foundation of what I'm sharing. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, we got to get control of this if we want to create the success we want. So with regards to fear, you know, there's lots of it. It is personalized. So if I'm doing one-on-one coaching, it would, I would dive in with the person as to what it is, but here's the, here's the commonality. Here's the deal. When you're afraid, you are making up that it's going to go bad. Okay. You, you literally have nothing has happened right now. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know whether, like, we don't know what the outcome is. So we have a choice. We either make it up that it's going to go well, or we make it up that it's going to be a horrible failure. And whatever we make up, that story that we tell ourselves ca- causes our brain to release those chemicals and we get a feeling. So, I mean, one of the things with fear that I feel I have to always say is this is not about blasting past fear and going and doing something irresponsibly. This is under the presumption that you have done the due diligence, you've taken the courses, you know, you know, you're making, you know what you're doing to the best of your ability. We all make mistakes, but that you've done that piece of it. Mm -hmm. If you've done that piece of it and then fear is stopping you, then it's a matter of changing the way you're thinking about it in order to change how you feel. And we literally have a choice at every moment do I want to imagine that this is going to go horribly wrong? Or do I want to imagine that this is going to be the most amazing thing I've ever done? When I think it's going to be amazing and I imagine how good it's going to feel on the other side, guess what? I feel awesome. Yeah. When I imagine all the things that could go wrong and, and you know, what that would be like, well, then I feel horrible and I'm going to be paralyzed and I won't take any action at all. So, so that's what I would say for fear is to recognize you're making it up because it's not happening right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's imagining the worst case scenario instead of imagining the best case scenario. You imagine that worst case and you feel like crap, Yeah. even though nothing's happened and you haven't done anything. So that prevents you from doing anything versus think about the best case scenario, how great then that's automatically going to make you feel good, which is going to motivate you to take some of that action. You got it. You're a good client. (laughs) Hey man, you know, I listen, I listen. No, that, that is. That is fantastic advice. And I was just, as you were saying that, I was just thinking back on my own life experience. Oh yeah. I see where I did that properly and where I completely screwed that up. And yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. We all sometimes do it naturally. There'll be things where we just automatically imagine the good and we're excited and, you know, and then there's sometimes where we don't realize that we're literally torturing ourselves And, you know, and we have a choice. So the big thing is recognizing we have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing for anxiety. It's the same, you know, it's the story that we're telling. If something isn't happening in front of me right in this moment, then whatever I'm thinking about, I am, I am making up in some way, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like an argument you had with somebody. You're driving down the road and all of a sudden you're thinking about their argument you had with your spouse earlier. And then, you know, they said this and I said this and he said that and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you're driving in the car and you're like, right. And like, nothing's happening. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, can- it's, it's almost like the little kid lying in bed, imagining the boogie man yeah. in the closet. Yeah. It's, it's a grown up version of that. We do that to ourselves yeah. all the time, unless we're conscious of it. 
Yeah. And so if we want to create success in a way that we haven't created success before, we got to pay attention to what's going on in our inner world. It's like we can't control what goes on outside of us. We can't control the government, the, you know, the interest interest rates, all of that stuff. The only thing we can control is our response to it. What we're saying to ourselves that nobody knows, but it's literally driving our bus. Beautiful. Well said. It's obvious you know your stuff, Melanie, and time flies when we're having fun. So, hey, you know what? love for you to let people know how they can connect with you because I'm sure there's a lot of people going, Hey, I, I like what she, <laughs> what she talked about there. So if people want to find out more about Melanie Robinson, where should they go? Yeah. So a couple of places, one, I've just started a Facebook community for real estate investors with mindset, just called mindset reset with Melanie. So that's one thing you can look for me on Facebook and then we can hang out and have those conversations in there. And then I have a brand new website, melanierobinson.ca. So you can find me there as well. Awesome. Melanie, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here today and sharing that really good tip. I mean, that that fear gets in the way for all of us. So I think that's wonderful. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, as you can tell, I, I kind of love talking about this stuff. <laughs> You do. And it's it's something that's important to talk about. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book, right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.